This time on Culture File, we assess again the therapeutic possibilities of King Lear. Director and writer Dan Cully is perhaps best known for his shows for young audiences, featuring unexpected meetings of puppets and people. In Lost Lear, he introduces us to Joy, a former actor living with dementia, being cared for via an approach that helps her live inside an old memory, in her case, a memory of performing King Lear. Cully's hit Dublin Theatre Festival 22 show is currently on an Irish tour, so this time we'll visit again the blasted heath near Milltown where Collie and Cast brought the memories together. Right, Liam, shall we take it from the top? Understudy, you be Cordelia. I'm Dan Colley, I'm the director of Lost Lear and we're here in a rehearsal room in Milltown. Lost Lear is kind of like a version of King Lear. It's told from the point of view of a person with dementia and she's undergoing a particular kind of dementia care where her carers and her family uh, keep her in an old, familiar, happy memory uh, in order to facilitate her. Um, And in her case, that is an old performance of King Lear from when she was younger that she performed in. But uh, in truth, uh, she might have picked King Lear because she is some like Lear, some unfinished business with her own child. Could I try? Who is this? He's... Oh, the understudy. The understudy, yes. We're rehearsing in the understudies today. Please? I think we should. While we have the understudy, we should rehearse them in. Is he off book? He's not off book yet, but... Please, uh, I'm still learning the lines, but I'd love to give it a go. This is based on um, something that is used in, in therapeutic settings. Yeah, that's right. There is a particular form, uh, there's a few different forms where you're asked to identify a particular theme or scene or memory. Um, it's described in Oliver James's book, Contented Dementia, and it is, uh, you know, it's used by a lot of different people in a kind of an ad hoc way. Um, uh, it's a little unusual in this part of the world, but there are some people in Oxford who use it as a kind of a wraparound therapy. But to a certain extent... I think everybody who cares for somebody with dementia finds themselves wrestling with some question of what amount of truth do I tell and what amount do I uh, lie or omit to make things easier. And to some extent, everybody lies. Rightio, Joy. Uh, Time for a break now anyway. Okay, good, good. Okay, we leave it there. Uh, Learn those lines. I'm afraid it's just not working. Look, okay. we said we'd try it. He's going to have to learn They're the lines. lines. Okay, you're right, you're right. Okay, okay. I first came across this kind of care when I went to my grandmother's home where there was a part of the corridor that had shop fronts, like a film set sort of stuck on to make it look like a streetscape from the early 20th century in Ireland. Apparently, it's a fairly regular part of dementia facility design is that they'll have some kind of familiar setting. So I read about more of it and some homes go and have train carriages with film screens, video screens that show passing landscape. And so I started to learn that there is a kind of a, a an emerging sort of practice that asks the carers and the people around the person with dementia to go with the person's idea of reality rather than trying to reorient them to the reality that we're in with varying degrees of success and it works for some people and it really doesn't work for others. For example, if you were to care for somebody with dementia by keeping them in an old memory, sometimes you have to deny aspects of yourself 
uh, in a way. So if they cast you as the your former husband, then you have to play the former husband. Or you might be the brother who doesn't come show up all that much anymore. Uh, and so in some sense, you have to allow for that and say, OK, this is the role I've been cast in. To contradict them in some way is to is to make this more difficult for everybody. But sometimes that's quite emotionally difficult for people. And that's kind of where the drama, I thought, might come out. Oh, you kind gods, cure this great breach in his abused nature. The untuned and jarring senses, oh, window. Wind? Wind up of this child-changed father. So please, your majesty, that we may wake the king. He hath slept long. Is he arid? Arrayed. Is he arrayed? Aye, madam. In the heaviness of his sleep, we put fresh garments on him. Oh, my dear father, restoration hang. Thy medicine on my lips and let this kiss. You're breaking up the lines. I can't bear this. Maybe just let him finish this small bit. You'll be in now in a sec. I've been working with a group of people with dementia from a very early stage of the show. So the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland put us in touch with the Irish Dementia Working Group. And these are people I've been asking questions and, uh, and having conversations with from a fairly early stage. Also, people who are family carers of people with dementia, the Dementia Carers Campaign Network. Some of the carers have been in to see the show already and we've already got some feedback on that and made several adjustments. But my hope is that people with dementia will be able to come. And like a lot of things when it comes to people with different neurodivergence, there are ways of making the show introducing the show, having feedback after the show that just allows that access. So even though it might be intense and disorientating, there are ways to put rails and guardrails in there and, uh, you know, firm points on the ground that people with dementia or people with different, uh, different neurological needs might be able to watch other, what otherwise might be an intense and disorientating experience. But at the same time, the, the show is made in a way to put the audience at times in the position of somebody with dementia. So there's no doubt about it that that is deliberately disorientating and that is part of the work. I thought it was interesting the way she forgives him. Interesting? Yeah. Yeah, just making an observation there. It just seems a bit of a stretch, don't you think? <laughs> I'd like to get Mr Shakespeare on the phone and ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just... <laughs> Liam has been telling me about it, the play. I don't know it very well. I don't know it. It's very famous, obviously very well thought of. So I thought you, Joy, might have some insight into why she, Cordelia, forgives Lear. You know, you've met one person with dementia and you've met one person with dementia. That's what they say. For some people, they know well that the, the, the person that they're looking after, it could be their mother, it could be their partner, is the kind of person who would have wanted to go with the flow, who would have wanted to play a game in which we are living in an old memory or an old fantasy. And there's some people for whom they just go, you know what, my mother would want me to tell them what this is. And my mother wouldn't want me to say oh, your parents are doing fine, they would want to say, look, your mum and dad died a long time ago or whatever it is, whatever truth that they might have. You know, I've certainly heard people who said, that's my mother's grief, you know? I can't be the one to take that away from them. And so everybody finds their own journey through it. Well, what did we think? I thought that was good, Joy. I thought that was great. 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 
Dan Colley there, and the actors were Venetia Bow, Peter Daly, and Manus Halligan. Lost Lear is at Project Dublin tomorrow and Saturday, with further dates at the Ramore Theatre, Virginia, Mermaid Bray, and Dreach Blanchardstown, before finishing at the Civic Tala on the 28th and 29th of November.